Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Chuck Lawless. And I'm Caleb Iverson. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. In fact, it's our Christmas week episode. Yes, yes. Christmas is coming up. And Dr. Lawless, I would just love to ask you, Christmas is a time of different memories, different events and things that go on. What is one of your favorite Christmas memories? Yeah, I remember last week we talked about your memory with your dad getting, a, or your grandpa yeah, getting grandpa. a wheelchair. Yeah, Right? Okay. Well, my one of my favorite memories relates to my grandpa, too, because my okay. grandpa, on my mom's side, always came to our house on Christmas Eve, and he stayed with us, and it was his job— it was his job to let Santa in the front door because we had a mantle. We had a, we had a fireplace, but it was fake. So hmm. we realized Santa couldn't come down. He couldn't come down the, the fireplace without, without busting through the wall. Uh, and so we finally agreed Grandpa would come. He would sleep on the couch. He'd open the front door, let Santa in. And that was just what we did every, every Christmas Eve. But, but more importantly than that, obviously, I— I remember my first Christmas after I became a believer in August of 1974. It was just different. Hmm. You just knew. Uh, I'd grown up thinking about the presents I was going to get. And even though I was just 13, I still woke up differently thinking, wait a minute, this this is about the present that I've already been given. Hmm, That's good. And that was was pretty special to me. Hmm. So good, good time of year. Yeah, I love Christmas time. Um, it's always just a good time to get the family together. You make memorable events like that. But yeah, it also is just a good time to slow down. It's the end of the year, good time to reflect and remember Christ as well. Well, with that, let's segue into our topic for today's episode. Um, with Christmas um, comes Christmas services. And I know a lot of pastors li- listening to this episode are thinking about and planning for their Christmas service. Christmas this year actually is on uh, Christmas Eve is the the Sunday. It is. Yeah, December 24th. So this episode, I'd love for us to talk about preaching during the holidays. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, as we know, the Christmas season, um, there's many events that pastors are invited to, many things to go to, and it can be busy and it can be tiring. Um, So maybe let's just start here. Um, Often it's hard to find enough time for study and sermon prep in the month of December. So what advice would you give to pastors to help them navigate the holiday stress and then find time to actually prepare for the Christmas service? I I told you, I I love the Christmas season, but I do remember as a pastor that it probably was the busiest time of year for me. One, because you're getting ready for whatever service you're going to have around Christmas. You know there will be people there that aren't typically there. You know, in essence, you have one shot to somehow get the gospel to them. And to, and to lead a service with such spirit power that people will want to come back mm-hmm. after that. So that there's, there's a weightiness to that that at least I bore as a, as a pastor. And then uh, our, the church that I pastored had a Sunday school base. And so every Sunday school class had Christmas parties and everyone invited the pastor and his wife to come. And if you went to one, you probably should go to all. And so it, it really was tough sometimes to find the time. So here's what I would say to pastors now. Know going into it that if you don't prioritize the time to be with the Lord and to prepare your sermons, 
that time is going to be eaten up. Mm. And I think you have to prioritize. And I think there are times, Caleb, when we just have to say to folks, I would love to come do that. But what's primary for me right now is I need to spend some time in the Word in preparation for preaching. So forgive me if I can't come to that event and and just pray for me that I will use the time time wisely. I think if we're just honest with people, people will respect that. They'll understand that. It's our job to come to the place to say, it's not only okay, it's necessary for us to back off of the busyness and make sure we invest in the in the Word. Man, that is that is so helpful and practical too. Just that idea of being honest, communicating, and and even setting those boundaries to shepherd the people well. That's really helpful. Well, sometimes as as pastors are thinking about preparing for their Christmas sermon, sometimes it can feel like, man, they're just going to the same old thing. It's the same story with the shepherds and Mary and Joseph. And often there's pressure, right? There's pressure to do something new or do something better. What would you say to pastors that are feeling that pressure and tension? right now. Yeah, there's also some pressure to just do what you've always done. Mm. Uh, and that, that pressure is not—it uh, is internal in some sense, but it goes back to what I said before. Sometimes we're so busy with everything else that that we collapse our, our sermon prep into, well, it's the same message every year. It's the same story. I can go to Matthew. I can go to Luke, and I, I know what I want to talk about, and I can, I can just rework a sermon. I'm not arguing against that. I think there are times when uh, frankly, I think there's sometimes the sermons we preach the first time need to be reworked <laughs> and improved and strengthened in, in what we're doing. So I'm not opposed to that happening. But but I do think it's important for us to think about how how do I bring the message of Christmas to my church? And even when it feels like the same old story, then that means I have to back up and say, well, has it become just the same old story yep. to me? Mm that it really has just become routine in my life, that it's the norm that, okay, it's Christmas, it's December, I have to do this, I have to do this because of the calendar, not because of my great appreciation for the truth that God has come to me. I, th- I think that's problematic. Mm-hmm. I think what we need, even in these busy seasons of the year, we, we need to ask the Lord, Lord, reinvigorate my fascination with the fact that you came to us. Mm. So that whatever sermon I'm preaching, it, it literally comes out of the overflow of my heart because I'm filled with wonder again that the baby in Bethlehem is my is my redeemer. Yeah, and I think that's the key word there is is wonder. That's something I've been thinking about as well. Is just the, you know, the Lord was convicting me. Have I lost my wonder? Yeah. And the wonder of the gospel that Christ would come, take on the form of a servant, the Word became flesh, and would ultimately go to the cross for us. When we really stop and think about it, it truly is wonderful. But man, yeah, the tension there to, to get used to that or to think it's the same thing, repeat something on a calendar. Yeah, so that's really helpful. The college at Southeastern believes that God is at work in this generation, calling out Christians to leverage their lives for the Great Commission. That's why we train students biblically, theologically, and vocationally in community to give their lives for the cause of Christ. In spring 2024, Southeastern will be hosting its annual GO Conference designed to train, challenge, and mobilize college students for the Great Commission. Invite your college group to join us on campus on February 9th and 10th. Save the date and sign up for next year's conference at thegoconference.com. Well, 
one, along with those lines, how should pastors think about sermon application then? So we're talking about going back to the Christmas story, um, and it's a unique opportunity, right? You've got different guests that will come. You know, some some visitors only come on Christi- mm-hmm. Christmas and Easter, so it can feel like this is a really big moment to steward well. Um, you're preaching a familiar passage that people have heard, people that are used to the story, and so there's pressure to even perform well. But how can pastors navigate these tensions with sermon application, illustration? What are some things that have helped you in the past? Yeah, let me let me back up even to the previous thought about getting sermons together in general and bring it into this question of of application. How do we how do we do this well in this this season? You and I talked even before this podcast that I, I think one of the things we need to think about as we as we preach the entire counsel of God is that we think about where do we find Christ, not only in Matthew and Luke, but where do we find that in the Old Testament, the mm-hmm. promise of a coming Redeemer, God's working the plan, even all the way back to Genesis 3.15, where God says someone from the seed of the woman is going to step on the head of the serpent. Well, we know that from looking at the rest of Revelation, that that's, that's a foreshadowing of the coming of Christ. And so, in some ways, that, that garden announcement of judgment on the serpent is is the first record for us that Christmas is coming, mm. that that the the Christ child is coming. All the details aren't there in Genesis three fifteen, but we read the rest of the word and we can look at this. Beth, Bethlehem was not a surprise to God. It wasn't it wasn't Plan B. This was this was God's plan to to bring us redemption. So there are a lot more texts we could turn to if we help people see the entirety of the teaching of the word related to. Christ mm-hmm. as the as the center of the message. Now, with that in mind, what does that mean for how we how we preach during the during the Christmas season? I'm I'm going to back up on my own words here for a minute, because while I would argue that this story really is familiar to us, I think it's probably unfounded to think that it's that it's familiar to everybody who shows up in our worship services. Yeah. Maybe for those folks who have come year after year after year, they've just heard the Christmas story enough that they know the details. But knowing the details is not the same as knowing what those details mean. Mm. Knowing that the shepherds did this and the and the Magi did this and Joseph did this and Mary did this, all of that's really helpful. But if But if we don't also help them see how that fits into the gospel story, then we've left them with content that they may have already known when they got there, and they leave knowing the same content without application. So I I want us to think about, as preachers, I've got people sitting in my congregation who could tell me the stories, but that doesn't mean they know how to apply them in their lives. That doesn't mean they know how this story fits into the overall picture of the the whole storyline of Scripture. So I need to to help those long-termers gain a new understanding or new fascination with the, with the Christmas story. Then ideally, if our folks are reaching out to people who are unchurched, if we're reaching out to university students around us, international students around us, it's a big passion of mine, uh, so it just comes to mind as I say this, uh, if we're reaching out to people in our community who haven't been in church maybe ever, hmm. The Christmas story that they know is probably a televised Christmas story. Maybe it's through Christmas carols. Maybe it's through children's books that they read. But the entirety of the Christmas story that this is God who came 
even in the Bible Belt, could for some people be new. Mm. And that's and that's where I would start in preaching this message. I would not assume that my readers or my readers, my listeners, know any of that story. I would assume this this is an unreached people group in front of me, and I'm telling them the good news for the first time. And that way, I am going to encourage those who do know the story, but I'm also going to introduce people who don't know the story to the to the truth of the gospel. So I would so I would start there. I would think simplicity. Mm-hmm. We don't have to overcomplicate the the Bethlehem story to get the message across. I would think communication. My my job as a preacher is not to impress people; is to communicate the word. Uh, we've said that before on this podcast. I would think, honestly, I would think conciseness, hmm. meaning I'm just a really strong believer that if if we can't preach the word effectively in 30 minutes, and I'm not arguing it needs to be 30 minutes, but if we can't, if we can't effectively preach the gospel in 30 minutes, we're not going to do it any more effectively in 60 minutes. Uh, so I want to think in terms of if I have unchurched people who've never been there, if all they're going to give me is 30 minutes of their attention, I'm going to maximize that. Now, again, hear me say to all of us, I'm not arguing that if you preach longer than 30 minutes, I preach longer than 30 minutes typically. But but I am going to argue that we need to learn how to do it do it well. The other thing I would say is let's make sure we're preaching with conviction. Hmm. That this, this story is not just, back to what we said before, it's not just the same old story for us. It is fresh and alive and real that God came to us, that God pursued us, that he stepped in the story himself. Then I broaden that, Caleb, even to think about not only did God do that, but but when Christ ascended to the Father and, and the, the Holy Spirit came, the Holy, the God lives in us right now, that, that we're, the, we're the tabernacle. There's just, there's just a sense of wonder. That if you really stop and meditate on that, that'll make your head hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we need to think about this. God is with us. This is this is Emmanuel, and it's worth it's worth our celebrating. I one other comment that I would think about is when we think about application. How do we apply this? I think it's helpful to 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 guide our folks to think about. Right, this is this is the truth that we're preaching that God came. That God came in this way. God came in an unexpected way. Well, what does that mean for us in my life? Uh, is it possible that God might work in unexpected ways in my life? And they may be ways that I hadn't even thought about. Uh, might they be ways that seem insignificant? A, a baby born uh, in, a, in a manger in Bethlehem. And we don't always catch right away what God's up to, but later on it all, it all makes sense. How do, I, how do I help my folks see the truths of this story really do apply to my life today in looking at how God worked and how God works today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really helpful, especially the idea of thinking missiologically about the Christmas sermon. Man, Pastor, if there's an instance for you where you're feeling tired and worn out or needing to regain your wonder, think about the privilege that you may have to introduce the Christmas story to someone for the first time, to present the wonder of the gospel, beginning with the birth of this promised Savior that would go to a cross, that would die on that cross and raise again three days later and is coming back soon. And that's 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 really cool. Yeah, it really is it really is amazing. And sometimes it feels like it feels like we have to muster that up. Mm. But the story itself ought to 
uh, to amaze us. Yeah. And that's why I think about my first Christmas as a, as a believer, because it was still, it was, it was August when I was saved. It was December, obviously, when Christmas came. So I'm just a few months into my, into my Christian journey, really having no idea all that it meant because my, my pa- family weren't Christian, but, but knowing that something had changed. And then, then just to stop and think about when I, when I lay down Christmas Eve, that, you know what, whenever this happened, and obviously there's much debate about whether or not this happened in December, uh, obviously. Uh, but whenever this happened, that first eve, God was about to step into history in a unique way. And history would change. Mm-hmm. That's, pretty, that's pretty powerful to me. And it, it gives me chills just to stop and think about it. And honestly, Caleb, it makes me want to preach the story. Yeah. And you think now, especially as it's, you know, our culture isn't as as friendly to Christianity, isn't as common as it used to be. Um, and especially with Christmas narratives in culture, man, it is a unique story that's becoming increasingly unique uh, when we talk about Christmas and what Christmas means and what we're celebrating. So Agreed. With that, um, what, what themes or theological truths, maybe we talked about application, what are some of those things that pastors could think about emphasizing during their Christmas sermons as they're preaching and they have these first-time listeners here, they have familiar listeners? What are some things that would be helpful for them to, to think through and, and teach their, their people? Yeah, we've, we've talked about this at some level. Obviously, the, the Christmas story is about incarnation. Yeah, It's about God's becoming one of us, about Christ being entirely God and entirely human, uh, tempted like we are, yet without without sin. Uh, there, there's so much to who Christ is behind this story that I think we can we can build on. I, I would even think in terms of a, of a sermon series over the Christmas weeks that would say, all right, we're, we're, we're getting to this baby, but who is this who is this baby? Who, who is Christ and what do we know about him? To where we may not be preaching the, the Matthew or Luke text, but we're still introducing people to, to who Christ is. And, and the whole thought again, so what we just said, the whole thought again that God came. Mm-hmm. God came. Not, a, not just another king, not just another prophet. God, God stepped into the story. Uh, I think is worth our, is worth our magnifying. Uh, I, would, I would want us also, as we think about celebrating Christmas, that we are ever mindful that Christ is a gift of God to us. Mm. So now we're, now we're talking about grace. None of us deserve that. We're all dead in our trespasses and sins. We're all children under, under, under wrath. We're all in trouble. Uh, were it not for God choosing to step into the story and then step into our, our lives, we didn't earn that. I know I certainly didn't earn it because I'd never heard the story before my 12-year-old friend told me about, about Jesus. God, God has chosen, for whatever reason, in a world where 4 billion-plus people have little or no access to the gospel, God has chosen to put you, to put me, uh, to put Zach here, who's helping us produce this week, to, to put all of us in a position, in a place, in a family, in a, in a setting where we get to hear the message. And that's, that's all grace. And if we keep that in mind, we're teaching the grace of God, the incarnation of God coming to us. And, and ultimately, I would, I would always want to go back to 
but there's something you have to do with this. This is, this is not a gift that you just celebrate but ignore. If, if you're going to respond to the gift that God has given us, you know what that means? That means we give our lives. Mm, yeah. We give our lives to Christ. And I would even argue that Christmas season may be an ideal season for pastors to start calling out the called. And I'm, and I'm being very particular about that. I think one of the failures of pastors today is that we're, we're reticent to call out the called. We're, we're reticent to say to the people in our church, God might be calling you to proclaim his word. God might be calling you to go to the, to the mission field. And I think there are all kinds of reasons for that. In, in some ways, we've not seen that modeled. In other ways, I think we have a, a, a little bit of fear that if we really do that, that God might call out those who are the best in our church or those who give the most, and we don't know what to do with that. Uh, when it's hard enough to get volunteers, God might call out our best. But I think the Christmas season is, is a great time to say, look, God came to us that we might go to others. Why not? Why not decide that the greatest gift that I can give is myself to cross the ocean, to cross the time zones, to cross the street, for that matter, to, to tell somebody about Jesus? Man, I love that application. And even as you were talking and I was listening, man, it, it really is a wonderful Christmas story that we have. So it praise is. God for that. It is, for sure. Well, anything else would you that you'd want to say to pastors and church leaders listening to this episode? You know, I'd, I think I'd want to say to pastors what we've said recurrently on this podcast. I, I love pastors. I, I love the call of God on our lives. Uh, you've heard me say this before, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, that uh, I, miss, I miss pastoring every day of my life. Uh, the Lord has not put us back in that position, but I miss leading people through their lives. I miss serving alongside them. And Pastor, you, you have an incredible privilege and a weighty responsibility in what you do. But I want you to know that you really are not alone in this process. God is with you. And that's, that's what you need to know. And I'd encourage you, pastors, to remember that the God who is with you is the God who also gives you people who walk with you. Hmm. Even for our listener, Caleb, who is really struggling at his church, who's wondering, is anybody with me? My, my prayer is that God, even this week, would, would open their minds and their eyes to see somebody, just somebody. Because for, for any pastor, give me one or two or three people who are really on board, whose lives are being changed. I can put up with a lot of junk from everybody else if I know those lives are there. And so God gifts us himself and God gifts to us other people. You, you know one of my favorite books is Michael Card's book, The Walk. Uh, and it's the story of Michael Card and his New Testament professor at Western Kentucky University, uh, Dr. Bill Lane, who, who just spoke statements that, that Michael hung on to. And one of Dr. Lane's statements that I've never forgotten out of the book is this, that when God gives a gift, he wraps it in a person. Uh, and, that's, and that's what he did. Yeah. So we, we, just need to, we just need to celebrate. You know, before we finish, Caleb, I think I want to just stop and pray for, yeah. for our pastors who are, who are listening. So let's do that. Father, Father in heaven, I thank you for 
pastors who are listening, the pastors who who aren't yet listening, I th- I thank you for their faithful service. Many, uh, unbeknownst to many other people, they're just faithfully, sacrificially serving. Sometimes it feels like in places that nobody even knows exist. I ask you, God, to wrap your arms around hurting pastors today. And that, that maybe even in this podcast, they would find encouragement and hope and strength and desire to proclaim the Christmas story again. God, beginning with me, Fill us with wonder over the story again. That when we stand before your people, we do it with, with passion and zeal and integrity because it's real to us. Thank you again, God, for pastors. May this Christmas season be a time of great celebration for them and for their families. In Christ's name, amen. All right, listener, thank you for joining us for another episode of Pastor Matters, and we wish you, your family, your church, a Merry Christmas. Listeners, I hope you found this conversation helpful. As always, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. We'd always love to hear any feedback you'd be willing to give. Let us know how this episode was encouraging to you, or if you'd like us to address future topics, please let us know that as well. As always, it's our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to encourage and equip pastors. I hope that we've done that with today's conversation. And as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.